Hello and welcome to episode 107 of Dave Elliott's Weird Podcast. Hope everybody is well and you're doing good because, hey, guess what? I have loads to talk about this week. I'm just going to come out off the bat and say last week I I was talking about Mature, obviously, because I've been doing that for about the last flipping 30 weeks or whatever. I've been talking about going on tour, doing tours, whatever. The tour dates are set. They're done. They're finished. I'm finishing my tour at long last. You'll be pleased to hear on the 1st of February in the limelight. That's my big show. That's my end of tour. That's my last outing, my last hurrah with my show, Dad. Because, hey, I feel it's ready now. I feel it's being done. It's out there. It's time to move on. And I want you guys to be there. If you just want to be, obviously I'm not going to be forcing you to do things against your will because I know if I were to do that now, probably two, three years down the line, you should be calling me out, you should be trying to have me cancelled, so I can't be having that. But my tour dates are set and they are as follows. Friday the 13th of December. Oh no, I didn't realise it was a Friday the 13th. Um, I'm in Galway at the Rushing Dove. The Rushing Do, the Rushing Do. I don't Rushing know how to pronounce that, but I'll say the Rushing Dove. Um, or it's probably the Rushing Dovish, to be fair. But hey, I'm there. I'm on the there on the thirteenth of December. Then I'm getting on a wee flugzeug for any Germans and getting myself over to London for uh, the eighteenth of December at the Museum of Comedy, which I'm buzzing about too. The tickets are selling well for that. Tickets are selling um, well for Galway. And then I'm in Oma at Bogan's on Friday the 31st of January. And then the tour finishes the next night in Belfast at the Limelight. And guess what? I'm going to be having a beer that night. It's the end of the tour. It's a big deal. I'm hoping that I can get a nice full room. Um, the tickets actually go live on... See what date we are at. The tickets go live for the Oma and Belfast shows on the twenty fifth of November from Shine.net. There's actually a wee um a little bit of a a, a, a deeper click than just Shine.net. You go on Shine.net and then on the comedy and there you'll see it. So get tickets there and then come and see me. And then the tour will be over. And then you'll be pleased to hear that I will be talking about maybe planning a tour for next year with a little something different. And by a little something different, I mean, it'll be, it'll still be an hour stand-up, but it'll be a different show, which I'm already starting to plan. Isn't that exciting? Hey, what about it? So yeah, all in all, um, I've had a fun week this week. Um, I'm absolutely exhausted once again because it's been fun week but busy i'm looking forward to this week because it's a little bit quieter Um, we did the boy town podcast live in the limelight last week and it was really fun Um, but the good news about recording a live podcast is you don't have to actually do a regular one so therefore i'll just get a wee night off so monday i'm off rather than recording Boytown, which is a nice feeling, so we'll get to do some some family stuff, you know, which will be nice just being in the house with my family. I'm greatly looking forward to that, because then on Tuesday I'm going 
<laughs> to the limelight again, but this time not in a performance capacity, unless, of course, I'm asked, and then in which case I will perform. Um, but I'm going to see The Darkness, which I am very excited about. I don't know if I've said this before in the podcast, but I love The Darkness. Both the band and the state of, you know, I was born in the darkness. I was supposed to be being son of very like Sean Connery. I was born in the darkness. And then I stuck it up my arse. Um, but yeah, I'm going to see them in the limelight. And guess what? I'm going to have a few cold beers that night, you know. Um, it's myself and a few mates going there. And any time I've been to see the darkness before, I've had a good amount of pints and I've had a great time listening to the music, dancing, drinking, just having a fun time. You know, it's very rare that, that I actually get to get out and go to gigs that I'm not in some way involved in. Not because um, that, that I'm, I'm so busy or something important, just that a lot of the time that I'm not doing gigs, I'd rather be home than out doing other things, you know, because, I mean, sometimes it gets difficult to see your family, you know, it's, I've... I've got the child, I've got my wife, and sometimes I feel like, you know, it's all work and no play, makes Davy a dull boy. But, you know, again, doing things like the tour, doing, running a comedy club, taking on extra gigs in the week are all a part of trying to get to the end goal, which is to make this a career, you know? And, and I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of those things that you have to, you have to make sacrifices now to reap the reward. You know, listen... You're not going to be harvesting corn if you ain't plant, planted no seeds. Do you know what I'm saying? Not that a, that a harvest reference would be the best thing. But hey, I've done it. That's what's happening. That's what's up. Um, and this week's Pug Ugly should be good fun too. Uh, I've got Shane in. He's headlining and Emer Maguire's doing support. And I mean, I've heard a lot of good things about Emer, So I'm looking forward to seeing her myself. That is the 28th of Pug Ugly. So I would... Message to bar in advance, get a wee table book, because it's going to be a fun time. This week's Pugs was bizarre, because one of the big bosses had rang me and was like, look, Britain's Got Talent want to film the comedy show. I went, right? And they went, they're, they're doing auditions up there for a couple of days, and they just thought they could use like some B-roll of the audiences laughing and stuff. Would you be happy enough for that? And I said, yeah, listen... I'm happy enough for the night to be filmed. Obviously, um, all the acts would need to be cleared and stuff and, and happy for them to be filmed. But in terms of me, I said, look, I'm fine for the night to be filmed. You know, it's not a problem. Again, I've, I've done stuff like that before. I've seen things where, um, like like the John Bishop night, when he's did John Bishop's Ireland, did stand up, they're filling the crowd, they're getting bits and pieces, getting B-roll, whatever, that was fine. But... I made it clear that I did not want to be auditioning for Britain's Got Talent. Not that I have anything against Britain's Got Talent or anybody auditioning for Britain's Got Talent. But I just don't think it is a good fit for my <clears throat> sense of humour. You know, I don't think it's a good vehicle for what I want to be doing. <clears throat> so I kindly uh, declined that op opportunity, but it was... It was interesting to have them in. Basically, it was just two women sitting at the back of the room with the camera and they were just sort of on laptops. You know, that's what people do nowadays. If you want to look important, get an Apple Mac out and just sit typing. You know, you could be 
for all I know, they could have just been playing solitaire. But you know, I will assume they were just they were filming, and yeah, it was it wasn't a bad night. The the it was busy once again, which is great. But there was a group of guys there. They're just like going, "Why have you come to comedy clubs?" You know, the sort of guys who just think they are funnier. You know, and um, they never are. You know, whenever you come to you know, and you think who. Heckling people and throwing wisecracks. Oh, flip. well, we were funny on your ear. Mate, listen, you know what you need to do? Kill yourself. You know, you don't want to say it because it's being filmed for Britain's Got Talent and you don't want to end up on a viral video being obnoxious and hateful. In the back of my head, I would have caught those guys. You know, I would have really gone for them if it wasn't for the fact that it was being filmed, you know. But barring them, the audience was a nice audience. It was a nice time. I kind of feel like, in some respects, that... I'm getting a wee bit fatigued from running the comedy club again. I don't think it's anything to do with the comedy club per se, but I think it's to do more so with with how busy and stuff I've been in work, you know, and then on a Thursday I run pugs and then the Friday at the minute we're doing the radio show on Radio Ulster, which has been great fun. I enjoy doing that. It's something that I like a lot and I think it's it's been going well. Shane Todd Show and BBC Radio Ulster. So if you haven't listened to that, please tune in. Um, I love doing it. But again, there's the, the downside of having gigs on every Thursday and Friday, which, you know, when you're getting to the end of your work week, sometimes it's hard to get yourself up, you know. Sometimes it's, like, listen, sometimes it's hard to get yourself up in all aspects of life, you know, let alone up for doing stand-up. Because if you're hosting, I always find, like, if I'm hosting a gig, and it's my gig, I have the responsibility to like organize everything, the music being put on by the bar staff, the the acts, the timings of this, the that. It's hard to sometimes focus on actually going out and to be funny. And if you're doing crowd work or you're not doing a set, you know, sometimes you turn up and you're like, I am not in the mood to be funny. You know, when you could be talking to people and they could heckle you and you could just be going, you know what? I don't give a fuck. Here's your act, you know. There you go. Heckle me if you want. I'm just not in the mood. Thankfully, that's not happened really in a while. I'm just getting tired at the minute, you know. And I feel like with Christmas coming up, um, I'm hopefully going to get some serious R&R on board because I'm a sleepy big bear and it's been getting, it's been getting tiring, you know. But I feel like things are all going on the right track right now. I feel like... Um, I just need to sort of stop moaning a bit, you know, I just need to, to use the phrase, man up, and just get on with it, you know, at the end of the day, we're putting food on the table, we're enjoying life, and, you know, we're on tour, baby, so, basically, what I'm saying is, <laughs> Christmas is coming, and people want my tour tickets as a Christmas present, I don't even know what price the limelight tickets are, I'm hoping they're like a tenner, you know, that would be nice, but who's to know? You never know these things. So um, we'll just go and shine .net and find out, you know, and then, that'll be, and then that'll be the last of the dad show and you won't have to listen to me posting on social media about it. Because listen, guys, I know it's hard. I know it's probably same-ish. I feel it when I'm posted. Same sometimes with podcast stuff. You know, it's like the, the image of the podcast. This week's podcast, so blah, blah, blah. You're probably going boring, I know the podcast's out, I'm subscribed, stop posting about it, post stuff about you, like, just out 
getting a milkshake somewhere. Even though I'm 33, I'll never post a photo of me out getting a milkshake unless I'm out getting a milkshake with my daughter. But she's only come, not even two yet, so it's not likely to happen right now. So post more pictures of you just doing silly stuff, gesture boy, do that. You know, and I get that. I'd rather post fun stuff rather than just always plugging stuff. But you know what, guys? If you just buy tickets, then I wouldn't have to. If I could sell out one of my shows in advance, I could just be like, here, guys, see you there. See you, do- see you down the road, baby. You know, that'd be that. It'd be grand. It'd be 100%. You know, so that's what I was being up to this week. And then it was a Shane's dad's 70th birthday on Saturday night, which was great fun. Um, like The thing about Shane's dad, he is Shane's dad. Right, that's that. But also, as well as being Shane's dad, he's just my mate, you know. So it's it's weird whenever you're talking to normal people and they're, they're like in work and they're like, oh, are you up to the weekend? Oh, I'm going to my mate's birthday. It was a big one. I'm like, oh, why it is? Yeah, oh, it is like 30. I'm now 70. And like, oh, it's, you know, it's weird for a 30-year-old to just, well, 33-year-old to be friends with somebody that's 70. But me and Dennis, we're, we're great mates. You know, I feel like if... Uh, if Shane and I fell out, me and Dennis would still be friends. Do you know what I mean? That's the sort of way it is. So we're at his birthday um, on Saturday night. Now, Catherine uh, was working the next day. Um, and I'm going to just start calling the hospital the nursery because she's a nurse, right? She was working the next day in the nursery and wasn't drinking. But I had been spurned for pints by a mate of mine a couple of weeks ago. He had, we had planned fully to go for a, just two beers, just two Stouts, you know, I've been looking forward to just going to the bets, the my my wee, my drinking, my working man's club that I'm a member of in Bangor. I was looking forward to going down there, watching an Arsenal match and having a pint of stout each half. Now, in hindsight, I'm glad that didn't happen because any time Arsenal play now, it just spirals me into depression, you know. But it's the way it is. At the minute, I I'm just kind of hoping to lose more games because I want the manager sacked, you know. But Otherwise, other than that, I would like us to win again. So I was excited about having a pint, and then that didn't happen. So I was sad. And then I knew a couple of weeks later, here we are, going to Neds in Hollywood, for, and I knew I would just get a low of nice pints of Guinness, and I did, and it was lovely. Catherine was driving. I ended up spending most of the night with her and Aaron Butler, Sugar Butt, your boy, um, because it was oddly segregated. It's just me peeing. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a weird setup upstairs. Ned's, it's hard to, like, mingle. You know, people are in corners and they're hard to, like, approach. So I just did that. Spent a bit of time with Shane, a bit of time with Star and Stacey, his wife, and it was a nice time. I got a good few pints into me, got a nice buzz on board. Um, I'm glad I did it now because if I drank like that um, at the darkness on Tuesday, I'd be blitzed, you know, so it's good to, like, get the wee, uh, wee practice run into me before then. You'll get me stocked up feeling like I can take a drink because at the minute I'm just a lightweight. I drink so so few and far between that when I do drink I get blitz quick, but then again, I'm like I'm like a professional boxer, you know, I've got staying power. Yes, you could maybe have a couple of pints early doors and they'd hit you by surprise and you'd be knocked out. But for the most part, you know, I can I can last the rounds. I'm looking forward to that on Tuesday. Again, I can report for next week's podcast. Mate, lads, I fucked it. I got so blitzed. It was a disgrace. And, but hey, look forward to it. And I'll, I'll, I'll fill yous in either way. But 
but that was great. And then afterwards, um, Catherine was like, listen, you need to eat something because you're going to be a nightmare tomorrow. I'm working all day. Um, <coughs> sorry, I've got a cold coming back again because I spent the whole weekend with, with the child. But she was like, listen, you're looking after Holly all weekend, so you need to not be so hungover. So go for a pizza. Do you know anywhere that can do pizza? I said, Catherine, you're asking a man over 20 stone if he knows where he can get pizza in his hometown. Bitch, I would drive to this pizza establishment from anywhere. The Proclaimers walk 500 miles. You know, I would dri- I'd probably drive it because the pizza that Mr. Musavi hooks you up with in Pizzini in High Street in Hollywood is the world's best pizza. Now, some people are like, nah, mate, you're wrong. Hollywood pizza's better. Listen, I've no beef with Hollywood pizza. It's on the other side of the road. The pizza wars have been going on for about 20 years, but still both are there. And Pizzini, you know, Mr. Musavi is just still turning up. He's still working. He's in the shop himself. He's making the pizzas by hand. And it's just so great. I went in, I said... Mr. Musavi can I have a Mexican pizza. Can I have a Mexican ten inch and also a pizza? And he said yes, not a problem. And it was just so great. Anytime you eat a pizzini pizza, you you get a the the blood goes a wee bit to your willy. Like you don't get a full. You like you're not eating it like with a, a root. You know you're not be sitting chomping down on pizza, fully turgid, ready to reproduce. No way. You would just have enough to whereby if someone debagged you you wouldn't be totally embarrassed, you know. People at D-Bag and be like, oh, pin, d- actually fairly reasonable size and girth there with a bit of a, a bit of a vein popping. So, f- yeah, fair play to you. And you go, thanks, but don't ever debag me again. That was the worst. I'm glad I'm not at a level whereby my waist is too big that my trousers are tight and also my friends wouldn't debag me as much. I once got debagged in an escalator and a friend, my mate stood on my trousers, I was wearing sweatpants, going to food court and banger, and he pulled my trousers down, stood on them, and I was just trying to pull them up. Then I realized I was just presenting my actual butthole to the world from the top of the escalator. So I just stood up and used um I was gonna say my whole my hands. I used maybe three fingers to cover my dick and balls and got the top, punched them in the face and pulled my trousers up, you know? But that's that's what where we're at. You know, we're in Pizzini, it's great. If you're anywhere within the radius of Pizzini, order yourself a Pizzini this weekend. Get a Mexican, it's the nicest Mexican in the world. Even Donald Trump would enjoy a Mexican from Pizzini. And that's saying something, but oh, it's such a spot. And I mean, if ever I could be sponsored by anything in this podcast, I wish I could be sponsored by Pizzini. Because I recommend. And also Ned's, the Maypole Bar in Hollywood, their pints of stout also recommend. So that was that was my Saturday, and then Sunday came at Holly. She was being, let's be fair, a bit of a jerk on Saturday. Now Saturday was a bad day, a bad weather day. Any parents out there will know if you've got a child and the weather's bad, you may have a plan B because it's not an easy task. And on Saturday, Holly's just whining all day, pissing me off all day, just being a jerk all day. And then Sunday, she woke up like an angel. She's such a lovely little girl 
so happy, so joyous, just happy to get up and get the day started. I brought her up into bed with me and was like, listen, Holly, I'm still very tired. It's 7am on a Sunday. I could do with a few more hours kept. I was out in the pints last night. I had a pizzini. You know, my stomach's feeling a wee bit iffy and my ring's about to be torn apart. So, would you be quiet? And she just went, Peppa? Which means Peppa. So I was like, alright. She wants some salt and pepper music videos put on YouTube. Stuck pushing on. Wasn't too keen. And then she kept saying Peppa, Peppa. And then I was like, oh, it must be Peppa Pig. Fair enough. Stuck that cheeky little bitch on. And she just loved it. She, uh... Got under the covers beside me, leant on a pillow, just started watching Peppa Pig, and I was able to doze off and then wake up probably like, you know, a day a day later, and um, and it was more like about twenty minutes later, and she was just still lying there watching it, and I was like, this is great, this is parenting that I can get on board with, and then I was able to get up, get her ready, get her changed, have a shower myself, and then I went out to meet my mate Phil, for uh for breakfast and a wee donder. So that was a nice Sunday to start. Um, what was great is Holly's just starting to speak and we try to say things. I'll need to just collect the phone here. Um, we try to say things to her to like get her to speak and she can kind of say words at a time. If you ask her, oh, can you say something? She, she'll she say it. But I am my, my best mate is called Phil. And I tried to say to Holly, Holly, can you say Phil? And this is what she came out with. Uh, hold on, listen. Wait, can you say Phil? <laughs> can you say Phil? <laughs> so yeah, Fruzy didn't hear. Try again. Can you say Phil? <laughs> can you say Phil? <laughs> yeah, so she's just going to start calling her, uh, my best friend Phil, fuck, going forward. So... Yeah, it was interesting whenever we were in the Lockkeepers Inn. You know, I'm sure it wasn't the first time there's been a fuck in the Lockkeepers Inn. If you recall back to the Kirk and Iris Robinson um, <laughs> escapade many moons ago. But yeah, that was interesting. So I've now just got a, a, a near two-year-old just walking around shouting fuck at this guy. So, I mean, that was an entertaining morning for me. And then after that, got ourselves home, took care of business gave her lunch and then eventually Catherine came home and I'm just a great dad albeit completely exhausted but hey a great dad nonetheless points are high you know probably gonna go for a wee bit of you know slap and tickle when I finish this podcast you know I feel like I've deserved I've earned it you know I've been a good father a good husband this weekend and I think I need my reward Um, you know but to be fair Second to that, I would just take being able to sleep. That would be pleasant too. Well, I just poured water all over me from my flask. Um, what have I been talking for 23 minutes? What about that, guys? Um, one more thing I want to talk about, actually. I don't know whether you are big politics people or any of that shit, but I registered to vote this week. And, of course, I'm... Uh, and of course, I'm a a big, um, a big. Just reading comments on Instagram there, crude. Um, I'm a big fan of um anyone that's not the UP or Sinn Fein, really. And I mean, I feel like in North Down, I'm I'm struggling this time for uh many years, uh. 
before I would have just voted Sylvia Herman. Lady Sylvia was such a great upstanding servant to the people of North Down, a real, you know, candidate for all. Whereas now she's gone, I feel like who to vote for? You know? I mean, I'll definitely not be voting DEP, let's put it like that. Because I've got a brain, you know, that's probably that. Um, but I just can't decide how to arrest them, so it's hard. Do you know what I mean? It's difficult to to choose. You know, I feel like the elections generally are no longer about people that you really want. It's just about stopping people you don't want. You know, I think that's kind of what's happened, you know, with, with like, the main vote in, in England you know, with the whole Boris Johnson versus Jeremy Corbyn, like, I mean, the options aren't great there, you know, it's like being asked, who would you rather fuck, your mum or your dad, which is a difficult question, I mean, obviously the answer is your dad, first and foremost, because your dad's gonna, you know, your mum, if if you, you're trying to fuck your mum, she'll go, there's something weird, you know, you, you, there's a perversion here, what are you trying to do, why are you trying to do this, whereas if you're trying to fuck your dad, he'll know, there's a reason behind it. He'll be like, listen, he's in a bit of a pickle. He must be in a bit of a pickle. There's no way he would just want to fuck me. And clearly, he's in a spot of bother. You know, if he's in a pickle, I'll ask about it later. I'll take one for the team, but I'll trust he's in a pickle, whereas your mum will think you're a pervert. It's like your dad will be like, listen, there's a paramilitary threatening to shoot him here unless he, he fucks me, you know? Which is weird too, because what sort of paramilitary be like, listen... Uh, you'd be like, well, what do you want, what do you want? Listen, mate, I just, I'm going to shoot you, right? Oh, no, please don't, please don't. What, what can, only only way I won't shoot, shoot you is if if I give you loads of money. Nah, nah, no. If if I, if I get drugs for you, no, no. Uh, why? Only, only way I won't shoot you is if you fuck your dad and I can watch. You know? That's an odd concept, but again... Your dad would take one for the team, whereas it would be, cre- I mean, it'd be creepy and weird if you fucked your dad, regardless. But it'd be even more creepy and weird if it was your mum, is what I'm saying. And that's what it seems like. You're picking between Jeremy Corbyn and Boris Johnson. Like Boris Johnson just looks genuinely like a two year old child. Like the hair is muffled. He's always buh, 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 buh. He doesn't really know what he wants. You know what I mean? He's just a, he's a bloody bumbling idiot. And then Jeremy Corbyn just looks like the guy. The guy in your office that would whistle blow. You know, like, just the old guy sitting in the corner. You're like, what does Jeremy do? It's like, oh, Jeremy just fucking does the accounts that no one else has a signing code for. So he's been doing this for years. You know, he just sits there being a miserable bastard. And you know Jeremy's in the union. You know, Jeremy will know his, his rights and this and that. So even though Jeremy's a grumpy old bastard, he still knows his rights and he just can never be sacked. You're like, here, Jeremy, you're able to qualify for... Uh, um, voluntary retirement would you like to go for that no you know that's the kind of guy he is so just really two shit guys so I mean if I was over there I would probably vote you know for the only sensible candidate that I see over there and that's Nigel Farage <laughs> nah obviously that's a joke it's mental isn't it that I, ha- that I have to say that it's mental that I have to go actually that is a joke because there's been a few times on podcasts people have literally taken sound bites and been like Oh, I want to marry Hitler, you know, and it's like, that's not the context that that was in. So you got to watch. Yeah, play it. You got to watch what you say, play boy, you know, otherwise you get yourself in the, bo- in the bell. 
So, you know, there we are, guys. Let me see. I feel like I've been moaning a lot. Yeah, it's half an hour. Let's just do some listeners' questions, and then I can go and uh, try, try and get my end away. By try and try and get my end away. I don't know why I went from Sean Connery to a really creepy voice. Try and get my end away. Try and hide my penis. Try and stick my penis in your arse. Again, vagina. Doesn't sound good. A vagina. Doesn't sound as good in the Sean Connery voice, so where is arse? Stick in your arse. Sounds better. Maybe if if you were a gay person doing a Sean Connery impression, that would work better. You know, you could be flirting with someone like Sean Connery, put it in my arse. You know? Anyway, Fergal said, if you had an unlimited budget, what would be your dream holiday? Can be a maximum of one month anywhere via whatever means of transport. Lol. I mean, what I think Fergal's thinking there is he's envisioning me travelling in some kind of bespoke uh, mode of transport. Like, I don't know why I'm thinking this. A pogo stick? Maybe Fergal just sees me bouncing around, you know... Gilna Herc on a pogo stick. Niche reference to a different podcast many moons ago. But if that's what you see, Fergal, fair play. But in terms of a dream holiday for me where I'd really like to go, the only place I can think that I haven't been that I really would be like, oh, get me there, um, <laughs> is Krakow, you know? <laughs> I want to go, go to the Nazi death camps. You know, I wouldn't maybe say that's my dream holiday, but that's something on my bucket list. I was supposed to go there a couple of years ago, but then somebody got pregnant and wouldn't fly. Selfish bitch. But, um, no, my dream holiday, at the minute I'm feeling really into Japan. Like, I feel like I would really enjoy to go to Japan. I like, I like the whole, like, I like the Zumo culture, the ancient Japanese culture, you know, the, the art, the painting the architecture, that kind of stuff I'd like to see. I like the bonsai plant. You know, I like the way it looks. I like the way they're at the forefront of fashion and technology. That would interest me too. I feel like there'd be some real innovative ways of doing things in Japan. So I'd like to do that. Um, I don't know if I'd want to go away for a month because, I mean, if I'm being sly and I was going on a dream holiday, probably wouldn't take Holly. So, you know, you'd squeeze more in without her. If I wanted to go on a dream holiday with her, I know where I would go. I was going to say South Africa, but I wouldn't take a chill in South Africa because you don't know about the crime and stuff, you know. But I went to South Africa when I was a when I was a when I was a boy, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. But I know it's hard to call what would be, yeah, just just doing something in Japan would be nice, and then probably, you know, you'd gotta have to fly first class. You know, you'd have to get a good night's sleep, you know, lots of nice space, watch the best movies, eat some nice food, have a little bit of the bubbly, and just have a really nice time, you know, but probably closer to home, where else would I like to go, I'd be keen to go to Germany, I feel like I want to go to Oktoberfest, that's on my bucket list, again, that would just be with my mates, rather than, than going with my wife, because I don't think she would do the level of what I want to do in the Oktoberfest, like, I mean, I'm talking, I would like to just drink until I pass out. I think that's about the only place you could do that. With your mates, round a table, telling tales, telling stories, giving out the hijinks. That would be great. 
Um, in terms of family holidays, you Fergal, you've asked me, you're getting it all. You're getting where would I go on holiday with my wife? Would be Japan, dream holiday to go out there, see the sights, do a bit of a trekking. Would love that. Where would be the mates? Oktoberfest. That'd be a great stag venue. Go to Oktoberfest and family holiday. You gotta go to Florida. You gotta go out there. Do Disney World. Do all the shops. Do um. Universal, and you said Universal Credit, you don't want that, do Universal Studios, have a good time, you know, and by means of transport, first class airplanes, and also just large, spacious veins. <laughs> like, yeah, Matt Rooney has said, hey Uncle Davey, what do you make of Daddy Trump buying $100,000 worth of his son's book, propelling it to the top of the New York Times bestsellers, and... As a follow up to that, why do you pronounce why do you pronounce bourbon biscuits like bourbon or bourbon or no why why do you pronounce bourbon biscuits like bourbon or bourbon? Um, weird. I would probably say the drink would pronounce bourbon, whereas the biscuits I I would call them bour bourbons, which is a bit weird, isn't it? And um, I don't know whether there's actually bourbon in the bourbons, but. I think I'll go for the biscuits because I thought it was Bourbon initially. So that's why I think I went Bourbon for the biscuits. But Bourbon is like a, a Jim Beam. Glug, glug, glug as Arnold Schwarzenegger would say. Um, but what they make of it, I mean, it's supportive. You know, if I ever dropped a book, I would like Donald Trump to buy all my books. You know, not for any other reason because hey you're number one best selling book I would actually be keen to read Donald Trump Jr's book just to see what kind of classic things he would say because I mean I can't see it being a very PC book but you know me I'm keen to look at everything from anyone's point of view Um, John Joe Flood has said Davy Boy how's the form very well JJ thank you quick question this week what are the plans for after dad Another R in twenty twenty planned. Yes, there will be probably another tour. I would say because I actually have done one tour show, but I mean I'm all the, I'm selling tickets. I don't know why because I just don't you know like I still just don't buy into the fact that I am s successful enough to sell a tour. You know I still don't buy into it. It's weird to me, but people out there. Just keep buying stuff, you know, keep coming to the shows. You just make me feel you just make me feel amazing. And I mean if I could sell out the limelight for my last tour show, I'd probably cry. You know? So please, um, if you see me post about it, help me sell it out so I don't have to keep talking about it and keep posting about it and boring us. Cause I know I am and I'm sorry. And I love you. I really do. Um but yeah, there will be another show I'm already flirting um, with a few names I've thought of a few concepts a few ideas and you know again my full focus at the minute is in making sure the dad show can 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 pop if you will to use the lingo of the kids yo I'm making sure that my dad show drops it's gonna be hot shit baby because that's how kids speak these days um, Craig Walker hello weird guy how's it going I have purchased two tickets to your show in Galway for me and my new lady friend. Craig, you're a great guy. I love you. So you better be funny so that I can maybe get a wee hug at the end of the evening. Oh, 
I know you want her to hug your python, mate. You want you want to hug you want her to hug your python so hard with her hand that the python just bokes blah yogurt because that's what it would have eaten earlier in the day. And um, my question today is, what do you make of Prince Andrew stepping down? Pedo guy or innocent guy? Hashtag Buckingham. Hashtag Bucking teenagers. I mean, I think it's fairly clear to say that Prince Andrew is a moron. I think it's also probably fairly clear to say that Prince Andrew has, whether or not intentionally, it's not for me to say, because, hey, I don't want to be sued or murdered by the royal family, but I think it's safe to say he's been in a couple of compromising scenarios and he's come out to do this tell-all interview to be like, listen, let me set the record straight. In setting the record straight, he's ballsed it up. He's fucked it for everybody. He's fucked it for himself. And I think he's made it worse, you know. But he's come out to say, listen, listen, I've made an error here. I'm going to do another interview. And I mean, do another interview, Prince Andrew, because the first interview was television gold. I imagine everyone in Buckingham Palace going, oh no, what's this guy? What the fuck's this guy doing? The Queen will be like, I don't know what this bloody moron is doing. And Prince Philip will be like, oh, I eat light bulbs, bruh. <laughs> He's a fucking tube. But, um, I mean, I think... He's, he's definitely, he's like, it, Epstein's his boy. Epstein's come in with some sexy ladies and gone, listen, do you want to fuck these ga- girls? I mean, I don't think he's explicitly gone, Andrew, these girls are underage, you should have sex with them. I just think he's gone, listen, these women are keen for some royal hog, if you know what I'm saying. Would you like to, 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 to do you want to be don't do your dick sucked, Andrew. And he's probably like, yes, I wouldn't mind that. But, I, I mean, I don't think in that instant he's gone here, what age are you? Because, I mean, I, he's not a bouncer. You know, he's a perv. He's a perv guy. Is he a sex offender? I don't know. Is he a pervert? Definitely. Um, Ewan Carson has said, apologies for last week's sass. As a young, cute little bum boy with an absent father, I was in need for Papa's attention. And when I was ghosted, I lashed out. Listen, Ewan accept your apology um normally i wouldn't but on this occasion you were you 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 owned it and i accept that my question is which well-known fast food mascot would be the best at handling all the boys and meat and provide the thickest and creamiest man shakes to the weird nation ronald mcdonald the burger king or colonel saucy sanders it's gotta be ronald like the burger king is like he's a is he is he a criminal no he's just no that was a McDonald's guy, wasn't a cat burglar dude? The but I mean if the this Burger King's hanging out with Prince Andrew, very possibly he is a, a criminal. I mean the Burger King, I don't like their creamy I you know what? McDonald's milkshakes and McFlurries are just better than anything the Burger King or KFC offer for like desserts. And it's a fact. You know, don't at me. Don't come for me. I'm telling you, just listen. The best milkshakes are Ron McDonald. Also he's got his face covered with like face paint so you know he probably would have less nerves in jacking if that's what you're meaning and Colonel Saunders would just come dust so the Burger King's got two plasticky ahead uh, so just go wrong McDonald wins um, 
Helen, hey Dave, what's your best go-to dinner recipe? I get fed up of having to think of dinner to suit five people without them whining or being chips every night. Anything you could try? The kids are great eaters and open to most things unless it's super spicy. Cheers. What I love about this is you've not come to me for comedy, you've come to me for life hacks. You've come to me to be like, listen, I know you're a great father. Tell me what you do. Now I'm going to say, Helen, you probably have more experience in cooking for more than I do because I only have the one child and a wife that's a vegetarian. She's not even a vegetarian. She eats fish, heartless bitch. She's a pescatarian and a twat. But what I'm saying is the the easiest thing to do is just anything, one pot. You know, you just fuck ingredients in. It's good. What I tend to do nowadays is make corn bolognese or corn lasagna. You know, that seems to be the go-to. Um, because you can just mix a big pot of that. What I do, take the corn, get a wee bit of passata in there. You know, you, you heat the pan up first. You get the pan going. Bit of oil, not too much, you, but you have to use oil, not spray when you're doing this, because you need a bit of flavour. Fuck a wee half teaspoonful of uh, lazy chilli in there, and then a full teaspoon lazy garlic. Whiz that about a bit. Put your corn mince in, or use normal mince if you want. Mix it all, all around wee bit of flavour in there, you know, once that's, that's mixed up a bit, you add the passata in there, cook that up, get it going, then maybe cut some actual tomatoes, put them in, if not, take a tin of chopped tomatoes, whack them and mix it up, then you're going to cut some chives, put some chives in there, bam, fire that in, you want to season it a wee bit, you think to yourself, hmm, what a wonderful world, no you don't, you think to yourself, what else can I add to add a bit of flavour, maybe a tiny bit of red wine, if you're if it's a weekend meal, if it's just during the week, don't fucking bother with that, don't fuck with it, cut some chives in there, get that going, get some oregano in there, boom boom, get some basil in there, bish bash, you know, mix it around a bit more, you get some lame parents, add a wee bit of spice, then you you look at and you go, oh no, this bolognese is a little bit too runny, bit of tomato puree, fuck that and get it going again, mm. And then either do pasta or courgette, and you can just serve that up. Corn, bolognese, bish bash bosh, a little bit of cheese on top, salt bay style. You know, obviously grated cheese, you couldn't just do a salt bay with a full lump of just cheddar. You know, it would ruin things. But, you know, bolognese is a simple go-to. If you want something a bit different or something out of left field, maybe a pasta bake could be something you could do. Baked potatoes are also relatively easy to do. You need to make the mixture from the baked potatoes first and foremost. Obviously, I have onions in my, in my uh, baked potato mixes too, but also have onions in my bolognese, so make sure you have onions in there um, as well. But yeah, I would do, I would do that, and then I would, um, yeah, baked potatoes, make the mixture, get some tuna, get some mayo, get some that together, maybe beans, cheese, fucking get that going, you know? But it is hard to plan for more than just your usual set, or even more than yourself, you know, I'm having Shane and his wife Stacey around for dinner, not like Hannibal Lecter, on uh, Friday, and I'm struggling with the make, because he's a wee gluten, you know, he's a wee gluten fruit, and then he's a wee flipping Crohn's guy, you know, he's a, he's an awkward one to make for, so you have to try to make, like, Crohn's friendly, gluten-free food that also tastes good. And I mean, listen, you're not going to get that everywhere. So I'm going to have to really think about that. I'll have to report back in, let you know what exactly I've made for that because, hey, it's going to be it's going to be experimental. It's going to be very interesting, you know. Uh, Michael Jardine, the sardine himself, said your favourite story from uni 
Um, if you mean actually in uni, I didn't really have a favourite story because I, I mean, I don't know if you know this, I did criminology and criminal justice. You know, I want to be a comedian and a writer. Well, why am I doing that? I'll tell you why. Because when I was younger, I wanted to be the Clary Sterling of Northern Ireland. I want to... I wanted to be able to interview people like Hannibal Lecter and find out how his brain worked. You know, but then I just realised, hey, I like taking the piss way more. I want to just joke and have fun. I want to be a comedian. But I'm also stubborn, so I wouldn't quit my course. I don't know why I went to Craig McDowell You know where uh, I wouldn't say. Uh, you know what I'm like? I'm kind of stubborn. You know, I'm, a, I'm an absolute winner. I wouldn't say. Uh, we quit my cure halfway through. You know, see it out to the other end. Even though I want absolutely nothing to do with it. But that's what my degree was in. And I didn't enjoy actual uni. Now, a funny story for you guys to hear would be when I was going out with a girl at uni. I was trying to be a wee bit sexy. You know, a wee bit... Oh, he's... F- oh, he's sexy. You know, now you've got to watch yourself whenever you're being a wee bit sort of forward and like you're taking a lead in the bedroom, you know. Came in from a night out. We just were doing a wee bit of kissing, you know. For some reason, I was holding her in my arms against the wall, doing a bit of kissing. All very sexy. All very, like, film, movie-style sexiness, you know. Then the next move is, we're kissing against the wall. What do we do next? Obviously, it's passionate. Throw onto the bed for a wee bit, I don't know, of just touching. That's about it, because, I mean, you got to take things slow, Right. So I just basically went to jump the both of us onto the bed, totally forgetting the fact that my bed was just slats. There was nothing else other than wooden slats. So when I went to turn around and spin the both of us onto the bed, I basically just did a double leg spine buster on this girl through the bed. Both of us completely through the bed. Both of us lying on the ground like, oh, it sounded like a wrestling table being broke. It sounded like a wrestling slam. And believe it or not, that was the end of not only the sexiness and physicality that night, but also of our blossoming relationship. So, I mean, that was a fun story that a power slam someone through a bed. But, you know, if it wasn't for those things that you do in your past, you wouldn't be where you're at now, would you? You know? So that was nice, Glenn. Lindsay, Dave, congrats on the luxurious live podcast on Thursday. Where can I buy your calendar and how much for? Hashtag save the red pandas. Yeah, if anyone was at the Boytown podcast in the line like last week, one of my, my tweet back was that I was doing a nude calendar to try and save animals. So I would tweet people like Patty Barnes and say, listen, I'm doing this nude calendar. Do you want involved in Frampton and stuff? And obviously Patty Barnes liked it, which was good. Of Paddy to do so, but it was also the night before Paddy announced his retirement. So I mean, disrespectful for me tweeting that, and yeah, it was just awkward. Also, I just want to say a shout out to to my boys James and Gareth that I met the live podcast as well. Nice to finally meet people that that support both the Boytime podcast and this weird podcast. So it was nice to see a few friendly faces and get a chat as well. But thank you for enjoying the podcast and also fuck you for bringing up the calendar. Um, Glenn, I would hope that would have just been uh, forgotten about, but hey, you are what you are. Dan Murphy, I said, how have you been enjoying working for the BBC? Is it true they have their own bar in there and have you been on the rip in it with anyone? 
Now, there's a mythical bar in BBC that they say that only the special elite can get into. I've been there for five weeks and I've not been in the bar yet. If I get in that bar, will I talk about it? Nah, because it's a secret shipping. So maybe I have been in the bar. Maybe you just don't know. Maybe Jackie Flirton bought me a Bailey's on the rocks. Maybe not. Who knows? But what I'm saying is, it's coming up to Christmas. There's got to be a Christmas do. And hey, it's definitely going to be Christmas don'ts. But the less said about that, the better. Um, but no, I would like I would like to get into that bar at some point. If anyone has any hookups, let me know. I'm happy to join the Illuminati. I'm happy to join the the Stonecutters. I'm happy to join the what are those guys called? I know. Fuck it. I can't even remember the name of the people. You know the ah. Oh. I know. Anyway, last question. Jamie Blobby. Man, change your Twitter picture. It's scary. It's like a dead Michael Jackson. It's creepy. It's weird. It makes me uncomfortable. I think you're going to kill me in my dreams. But you have spoken in Irish, so I appreciate that. Hey, Kamash, Dadesh, Dadnesh, enjoying your Brexit. You know what? Nah, Brexit bores me. I'm sick of Brexit. I'm sick of politics. Sack Brexit. Move past Brexit. Get on to... um. Get on to the next thing, whatever it is. Um, maybe just just get us get just get a bloody just get a bloody breakfast done. So we're finished. I said breakfast, I don't even care. You know, just get it done. You know? Get it done. But make sure that when it's done we're all gonna be alright because I'm just so bored of it in the news. Get I want I want news, I want juicy news, I want there to be serial killers and all. I don't want to know about stupid politicians act like children. Here, here, oh I none of the politicians right now are any use. Guys, subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Join my Patreon, Dave Elliott's Weird Podcast. I'm going to be putting more stuff on the Patreon soon. Soon, soon, soon. Bear with me. I love anyone that's a Patreon. I really, really appreciate that. And hey, guess what? Speaking of Patreons, speaking of own Patreons, I just want to give a major shout-out to Colin McGee for a very happy birthday this week, whether it's the day the podcast released. I don't know. You're a Patreon and a top fan, and I appreciate that. So big shout out to Colin McGee, all the weirdos out there, you, me, Colin McGee. Let's get together and wish him a happy birthday. And guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. My mouth's dry. I feel like I need to drink a lot of water. I feel like um, I'm probably not going to get lucky tonight because I've been overrunning this podcast. But hey, we've been together. We've enjoyed it. And please buy tickets to my shows on tour or I'll be really sad. All right? And spread the word. Spread the word of the podcast. I want to see Instagram stories with me on it. I want people to support it. I want the word to be spread. We're getting higher average listens than ever before at the minute. And that's all because of you guys. And also the grade A humour and banter that, that I produce in this podcast. And this has been you know, the opposite of my penis. It's been a long one this week. So guys, girls, dolls, enjoy yourselves, and I'll see you again next week. Ali Basalen, au revoir.